Will Aaron O'Toole survive this week in Ottawa? Let's break down the various camps fighting for the heart and soul of the Conservative Party of Canada. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you are enjoying our new daily version of The Candace Malcolm Show. So if you've been watching the show recently, you know that ever since the election on September 20th, here at The Candace Malcolm Show, we have been doing a deep dive, doing a post-mortem, trying to really understand what went wrong for the Conservatives. How did they end up losing this election that really they should have won? Justin Trudeau is so unpopular. Canadians are so sick of him. And he's such a divisive figure. He won with the lowest share of the vote in Canadian. Canadian history. So many Canadians are just absolutely done with him. And so many were completely surprised, uh, flabbergasted to wake up on the morning of September 21st and see the results, see that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is still the Prime Minister. Because a, a lot of people who weren't really paying attention to politics, but may have just, you know, paid extra attention to this election campaign because of the pandemic, because of the lockdowns, because of the insane attacks on our rights and freedoms that have happened in this country, uh, assumed that Justin Trudeau was done because he's so unpopular um, among people who are concerned about our liberties and our rights and freedoms in Canada. And so in order to understand how Justin Trudeau became prime minister, we have to uh, as conservatives hold up a mirror and look in the mirror and see what went wrong, what did we do wrong. Uh, from my perspective, Aaron O'Toole, the conservative leader, did not run a strong campaign. He didn't put conservative principles first. He ran essentially as a liberal, and that wasn't very compelling to voters. If you're if you're given the option of two liberal parties, uh, you're going to go with the liberal party that you know is liberal, as opposed to the other liberal party, which uh, sometimes presents themselves as conservatives, uh, flip-flops on the issues, you don't really know where they stand. Uh, and again, it was just not good on behalf of the Conservatives. So the reason I say that um, all of this, this is a very big week for Aaron O'Toole, a very big week for the Conservative Party. I wrote my Toronto Sun column on this topic because there's two really big events that are happening this week. I'm going to walk you through what's going on and how we're, we're really going to have a better understanding of what's happening in the party, whether Aaron O'Toole is the person that's going to remain on as leader to take the Conservatives into potentially four years in opposition and then another election, or whether they're going to say, okay, this is a totally fair strategy. This is not the guy. Uh, let's cut bait before we invest too much time in a leader who's not going to win. So so we're going to find that out this week. And I'll, I'll tell you about those two events. So the first thing that's going on is Tuesday at noon. So tomorrow at noon, there is a post-election debrief meeting happening in Toronto at one of those uh, fancy members-only private clubs. They're hosting a luncheon event um, it's being hosted by Greg Lyle, who is a well-known pollster, and he is having a panel discussion with the conservative campaign insiders. So the, the people who ran the campaign, the uh, the person who crafted the policy and the person who uh, was ahead of the war room, the leader of the campaign. So those individuals will be meeting at a private club, a club for conservatives. So really an insider event uh, for conservative members, conservative uh, politicians and conservative insiders, lobbyists, uh, conservative activists, that kind of thing in Toronto. So, so I, I think this is incredibly important to see because here we have a campaign where you know the strategy was clearly to try to mirror Justin Trudeau as closely as possible so that none of those wedge issues that Justin Trudeau set up as traps um, that conservatives tend to fall into and not really know how to explain and articulate um, you know the, the whole campaign was designed so that those wouldn't exist uh, but because the conservative party so closely followed the liberal party there wasn't really a compelling difference there wasn't really a compelling reason uh, to vote for Aaron O'Toole so the reason I say that this is a very important event is because here we have um, you know, 
know, the people who run the campaign, people who a lot of other insiders, especially people who are more on the true blue conservative side, the, the, the people who have conservative values and want a real conservative party, they see these individuals, not not Craig Glaw, not the pollster, he's just hosting the event, but the campaign insiders who are speaking on the panel, uh, they see these individuals as the reason why Aaron O'Toole lost. Because if you remember, when Aaron O'Toole was running as leader of the party, he had a different uh, he had a different team, and he was presenting himself more as a true blue Tory. Um, he was going to fight against the radical left. He was not going to water the party down. He was not going to be a liberal light. Uh, he was not going to go back to the mushy middle. Um, and then and then this, of course that's exactly what he did uh, when he was running campaign. So a lot of people see the fault uh, of the individuals running the campaign. Uh, I, I see it even deeper because at the end of the day, you know, it's Aaron O'Toole who did that. It's him that didn't present himself in a um, consistent way, who flip-flopped on all these um, core issues, including carbon taxes and um, re repealing Trudeau's um, arbitrary gun ban. Um, but still, it's going to be really important uh, to just see the tone that's that's struck at this at this meeting. Uh, will these campaign uh, leaders show some remorse, show contrition, admit that um, their strategy didn't work, right? The whole strategy of going to the mushy middle and running as a liberal was to win in places like Toronto, places like Vancouver and in Quebec. And we know that the Conservatives didn't pick up any seats in those areas. In fact, they lost seats in Vancouver. They lost two seats in the GTA and they did not win any new seats in Quebec. The only place in Canada they did pick up seats was in Atlantic Canada. And there was sort of a, a, a trend towards that anyway. We saw how the Nova Scotia election went to the Progressive Conservatives. So you could say that there was already an appetite to uh, get rid of the liberals, or at least in some places, uh, change from liberal to conservative, as is typically uh, the, the history in Atlantic Canada, and that wasn't necessarily because of Aaron O'Toole. So the idea that they sold out the heart and soul of the Conservative Party in order to pick up seats in these places, and they didn't do that, they failed, um, will they show contrition? Or alternatively, will they strike up the same tone that Aaron O'Toole did on election night and in his post-election scrum with his media appearance, his press conference the day after the election, both times, um, his tone was sort of uh, victorious. Like he, he was speaking as though he had won. He didn't seem to acknowledge in any way, shape or form that he had run a poor campaign, that his strategy had failed, that he that he was inconsistent to voters. None of that was really acknowledged and a lot of people uh, picked up on that and were critical of O'Toole for not showing um, more self-awareness in, in, in recognizing that no, he, d he did lose the election and he lost it worse than Andrew Scheer lost in 2019. So a lot of Tory insiders will be looking at that uh, to see how that goes. So at the same time as this event is taking place in Toronto, this private um, swanky club with, with the insiders and the guys uh, behind the scenes running the campaign, uh, over in Ottawa, we're going to have a much more public um, brawl uh, for the heart and soul of the Conservative Party. Not public because it's not televised, but public just in terms of that's where Aaron O'Toole is going to be, and that is where every MP, every Conservative MP, both the um, outgoing ones, the ones who lost in the election, there was nine MPs who lost, um, as well as the incoming ones, so the individuals who won new seats, they're all going to be in Ottawa, they're all at a caucus meeting. And so for my Toronto Sun column, I spoke to a couple of Conservative MPs to really get a read and an understanding of what this caucus event is going to look like. And so there's a couple big takeaways that are going to happen at this caucus event. First, it's worth noting that the Dean of caucus, an MP named Cheryl Gallant, um, she called this meeting. She called this caucus meeting. This is the first time that caucus, so all of the conservative MPs, first time that they're meeting since the election.
election. And, and this is the first time in history that the dean of the caucus has actually called a meeting like this. That's not um, how the precedent usually works, but presumably she saw the need to do this post-mortem to get everyone together into a room uh, to discuss what went wrong and to figure out um, the path forward. So all of caucus is going to be there. And from what was described to me, um, this is an opportunity to do basically like an airing of the grievances. This is an opportunity for all the MPs to get in a room, they line up at the microphone, and they just you know, speak their piece, uh, give their two cents about what went wrong in the campaign, what the flaws were, what the faults were, uh, maybe make the case for uh, a new leader or make the case why Aaron O'Toole should stay. And from what I'm told, caucus is pretty split. So the way that it's been described to me is that there are basically three factions in the party right now, three different groups of MPs um, who, who, who fall into different camps. So I'm going to go through the three right now. So the first group are the people who are the staunch Aaron O'Toole supporters. These are the people who uh, believe in the direction that he's taking the party, perhaps are red Tories, perhaps they just really like Aaron as a person. They think he's a, a good guy, a good leader. And, uh, you know, they weren't, they, obviously they were disappointed in the outcome, but they think that the party is heading on the right path and they just stand behind their guy. They stand behind Aaron O'Toole no matter what. It's, it's, it's people who sort of ideologically align with him, but also people who are just in positions of power, people who have, um, you know, lots of responsibilities in the party or good titles. And, you know, they've formed good relationships with Aaron O'Toole and they don't want to jeopardize that. They're loyal to their guy and they don't want a party review where they could lose their position power or um, they could find themselves on the outside. So so a small group of MPs fit into that category. Um, the polar opposite of that are the people who are absolutely angry. They're enraged. They think that Aaron O'Toole needs to go, that he should have resigned on election night. Um, not happy with the uh, positions that he took, not happy about the carbon taxes, uh, resentful about the way that uh, Andrew Scheer, the conservative leader who uh, ran in 2019 and then was quickly axed as soon as he lost the campaign. He said he wasn't going to step down. And all of a sudden, you know, all these bad stories came tumbling into the media. Leak, leak, leak. Uh, Andrew Scheer was basically, his, his name was dragged through the mud to the point where he just chose that he was going to resign, that he didn't have a future in the Conservative Party. So people who were loyal to Andrew Scheer were still bitter and resentful about the way that he was treated, the way that he basically had a knife in his back after the campaign. And they, they see it only fair um, that Aaron O'Toole be subject to the same treatment, given that he didn't even do as well electorally as Andrew Scheer. So again, sort of a, a combination of MPs who ideologically really uh, deeply oppose what Aaron O'Toole is doing in the direction he's taking the party in, as, as well as those who are just sort of more loyal to Andrew Scheer and feel like there's a double standard here that, that Aaron O'Toole is avoiding the scrutiny and the criticism um, that Andrew got, and, and they don't think that's fair. And finally, the third group of MPs are, this is where I'm told most of caucus sits. So the majority of MPs who are just sort of in the middle, they haven't really made up their mind. They don't know yet what they're going to do. They don't really want to rock the boat. They don't really like the idea of a leadership race that could again divide the party even further. They're not really happy with Aaron O'Toole and how he ran the campaign, but they're not angry enough uh, to make him go. So, so obviously these are the most important people in caucus because how this meeting goes on Tuesday will determine whether they join Camp A, the, the Aaron O'Toole supporters camp, or Camp B, the uh, Aaron O'Toole must go camp. So these are, the, you know, these are the people who they're fighting over. These are the people who will determine uh, the future of the party. So I'm told that in 2019, when they had their first caucus meeting uh, after the election, it was a total brawl. It was a seven hour uh, debate. Uh, one MP told me that it was horrible, that 
people were just lashing out, um, every frustration, every bit of anger. They were letting uh, Andrew Scheer hear it. It was really uncomfortable. And again, it just showed how fractious the conservative uh, coalition is. And as we all know, the Conservative Party of Canada is a big tent party, meaning it's a coalition of a lot of different types of conservatives. And we all have a lot in common, but really uh, there, there are fundamental differences in the worldviews between say, red Tories or downtown Toronto Tories who just sort of want to get along with the modern progressive social values of um, the popular culture compared to staunch social conservatives who want to uphold tradition and, um, you know, guard, guard the family. And, and the distinctions between ardent libertarians who want a very, very minimal uh, government role uh, versus other kinds of conservatives who see a bigger role for government. So there's obviously disagreements, there's some core uh, agreements as well. And so obviously it's the job of any conservative leader to keep these people together and whether or not Aaron O'Toole did a good job is, is, is sort of yet to be seen. Many people ad adamantly say he didn't, others did. Now another important thing that will happen at this caucus meeting on Tuesday is that conservative MPs will vote on something called the Reform Act. The Reform Act was introduced by MP Michael Chong. He, he introduced it a couple of years ago. They voted on it before, it didn't all get through. Uh, they're going to vote on it again. There are sort of four components of it. And one of the key things that this Reform Act will do is enable members of parliament to call a leadership review. So within the caucus, the MPs will be able to determine whether or not there will be a leadership review. So this could potentially pave the path down the road uh, for a leadership review for caucus to determine uh, whether or not they want to oust Aaron O'Toole in a legal way. And so from one of the MPs that I spoke to, he told me that at this point, there is no will to oust Aaron O'Toole, that basically there are three reasons why. So the first reason is that the election was essentially a draw. The map going into the election looks eerily similar to the map coming out. There was only really a small handful of places where it changed. There was no big winner. There was no big loser. Uh, the biggest loser, of course, were the taxpayers who had to pay $610 million for the campaign. Of course, Justin Trudeau lost as well because he was after his majority government, uh, but he's still prime minister. So in some ways, he, he still won. Uh, so the first one, again, that there's no clear winner and that basically it was a draw. The, the second reason is that the Conservative Party has been switching leaders uh, so frequently. So, you know, you had Stephen Harper going into the election in 2015, then he resigned. You had interim leader Ronna Ambrose. Uh, Andrew Scheer was elected leader in 2017. 2019, he stepped down and then Aaron O'Toole was named leader. So we've had four leaders in the last couple of years and that's not a good way to build up your brand as a party. You need some kind of name recognition. Um, Aaron O'Toole has been leader for just, just a year now. So he he hasn't had a lot of time and and that year was a pandemic year so it wasn't a regular time where he could have been out campaigning out making a name for himself he was really in a tough position and a lot of mps recognize that and because of that they want to give him another opportunity uh, to go and the third one is i think the probably the most important one is that aaron o'toole i'm told is a very nice guy. He's very personable. He has really good connections. He, he works really hard on his connections with members of parliament, with senators, with uh, people who run local constituencies, people who run um, the electoral districts. Um, he, he, he's just the kind of guy that when he sees you, he remembers your name or he'll ask about your kids or um, if something happens, he'll write a personal um, note. He, he's really big, I'm told, on writing hand, handwritten letters. He's sort of an old school kind of guy in that way. He's very personable, very nice, very sweet. 
um, and that he's likable. And, and so that's what I'm told. Of course, we don't know what will happen. Tuesday will be a big day for the Conservative Party and for Aaron O'Toole and how he presents himself, how he handles things, and really how uh, the MPs organize themselves and really uh, what happens at that caucus event on Tuesday will be very telling. So we at the Candace Malcolm Show and at True North will watch that event very closely and carefully, and we will keep you updated. So even if Aaron O'Toole survives this week, even if he survives his private meeting in Toronto with his top advisors, as well as the caucus meeting with all Conservative members of Parliament, that doesn't mean he's out of the clear. Aaron O'Toole still has a long way to go to prove it to Canadians, as well as to Conservatives and the Conservative base, who he is, what he believes in, why he abandoned Conservative principles in the last campaign, and whether or not he's going to do that again. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.